Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Thriving Adoptees podcast. And have I got a treat for you today. This lady is a whirlwind of possibility. Hello. And, uh, and did you say? I I've... said hello. Good morning. I've... Good afternoon. Good morning. Good... Good, right. good morning, good afternoon, good evening. That's what one of my main experts because he's covering every all the <laughs> And um, so she, she, she's she's there. You see, she she's so keen. Um, <laughs> she can't wait for a little bit of a build-up. Uh, this is uh, uh, Ms. Erica Howard, and Erica is spelled not traditionally like in in as it would be in the in the UK with uh, e. R I C A, it's E R E K A, and that yep. is very like Eureka, the vacuum cleaner. It's Eureka, but without the U. Yes. So, welcome to the show, <laughs> Eureka. Erica. Hi, everyone. Hello. Good morning, Simon. You are awesome. Whenever I first saw your name on the, on the, uh, on the email, I said, "Oh, Simon from the UK, you know the one that does like the Americans who who's got who's got talent, Americans who's got talent." That's oh right, that's immediately where my mind went, and I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" And so yeah, Simon, thank you so much. Over here in America, it is like five something in the morning and over there in the uk it's it's how what time is it it's it's lunchtime here uh it's, 10 it's lunchtime 12. so by the time i wake up it will be <laughs> subconsciously by the time i wake up <laughs> it will be nighttime over there yeah yeah hello everyone good morning good afternoon good evening so erica <laughs> can you uh Introduce yourself to our lovely listeners. Yes, so my name is Erica Howard, and I am a foster care alumni slash adoptee slash mental health advocate slash adolescent guru slash 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 you name it business owner uh, co author um, soon to be licensed professional counselor um, substance abuse counselor. And I am working on my doctorate in counseling. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> There's a lot of slashing there. Slash. Uh, slash. There's lots of slashes. So Slash is a guy from, was he the guitarist in Guns N' Roses? I think so. Before he came famous for, um, for being in uh, internet URLs, yeah. slashes, forward slash, backslash. <laughs> Um, slash in, in English slang, also British slang, also means going to the toilet. Oh, so, no. <laughs> I don't know why I said I, I share I share this rubbish, but it's part of uh, a, cult, a cultural exchange where um, <laughs> I share absolutely uh, useless information with uh, with um, uh, with listeners from all over the world. Um, so. Um, <laughs> This is a serious topic, okay? We talk about thriving adoptees. Uh, yes. And, uh, and we have one here, uh, a thriving adoptee slash foster care alumni. So wow. 
What comes to your mind when you hear the words thriving adoptees? Someone who has been able to, we were talking about before you actually like started recording, we were talking about product of their own environment. And when you say that particular um, title, that makes me think of people who have thrived, regardless of their environments, people that have managed to make it out of their environments and thrive within the new environments that they are going into or they are currently in. For example, if you were in foster care or, you know, or adopted um, and you experienced more abuse, neglect, rejection, all these other kinds of stuff, and you didn't allow that to stop you, but that actually initiated you into the next dimension of life, that particularly is what it means to me to thrive. And so that's what, <clears throat> yes. Fantastic. Um, I'm just going to share a little bit more about that product of the environment because it is the cultural narrative that yeah. that is believed by 99.9% of the world's population. It yeah. Probably, you know, and, and I, as before we talked, before we started recording, I said that this is a bit like flat earth theory. So mm -hmm. people in the world used to think the world was flat and then, and they were scared of falling off the edges. Yeah, um, that's why they have uh, those crow's nests. You know, like on the, on the top of a ship's mast, there's a little, um, mm -hmm. a, a little basket where where the the lookout is, is looking for the to fall off. The, so, like we 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 are scared of the future because mm -hmm. we're scared of falling off the edge of the of, of the end mm -hmm. of the, this flat planet. If we are. And, and, and it's, a, it's, it's, it's obviously it's not true. We know that's not true anymore, but it took a long time to shift that uh, cultural yeah. belief. And I, and I believe it's the same thing with the fact that we are a product of the, our environment. And the truth for me about that is if we are a product of our environment, then we were no one before we came into the environment. And wow. it kind of, it fits with, if that's a little bit esoteric, um, something I read in Don, Don Miguel Ruiz's Voice of Knowledge, he shared about his teacher saying, um, class, you know, you want to grow up to be someone. You know, one day you'll grow up and you'll be, be someone. Yeah. Um, do you want to grow up and be someone? Well, that means that those kids in elementary schools or, or primary schools here in the UK are no one as they exist. Wow. They, they count for nothing. They are no one. And because he's talking about being someone in the future. And it's the same thing. You know, we're saying it's just, it, it, if, you, if you question the logic about that, just for mm -hmm. a minute, it's devastatingly untrue. Yeah. Honestly, I, yeah, that's kind of like discomforting, like uncomforting to know. Now that you break it down, that actually does kind of make some discomforting. Um, oh, okay. That's like, you're not, you're nothing. So why try to be something? Well, you're everything. If you are nothing. Okay. Um, 
I told you, Simon. We are, it is five o'clock over here in America. And so my whole energy level is to the roof right now, subconsciously. So, yeah. Well, I, I, I think we are all everything. Absolutely. But people are telling us that we're nothing. And, and we start to as, believe it. And as a, you know, adoptees, we've got a really good reason to believe that we're nothing. Mm-hmm. But that really good reason to believe we're nothing is totally untrue. Yeah. Yeah. We're pulling, we're pulling no um, punches here, listeners. We're going straight in with like ultimate depth, I think. Mm-hmm. So, um, but this this is this is my show, but it, it, it's about it's about the guest, you know. I, I I'm 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 sharing my stuff, my the latest discoveries I'm I, I'm having here. Uh, but this show really is about you. So please, yeah. um, let's let's get into. Can you can you share a little bit about your your story, Erica? Yes. So my particular story, um, I started off being in foster care and adoption when I was six months, I was placed in, in a emergency foster home. Um, actually I was placed in child welfare at six months old. Um, I have a baby book. I have, you know, order to instill all my records. I have original documentations. I have, I mean, you name it. I have hospital records I have hospital records of my uh, I have death records of my biological mother how she passed away when she passed away I have oh oh yeah I, Simon I was a investigator for real and there's there are so so many things that I wanted to do so um going back to the beginning I was put into foster care um at six months and then later adopted at two from Dallas um, to Midland, Odessa. I am currently living in Dallas. It's crazy how life will do a 360 and I'll end up back into the city that I was born into. Um, But prior to that, my family came from Cuba. They're immigrants from Cuba. And they came from Cuba during the Mariel boat lift. I guess, I believe whenever Fidel Castro actually allowed a lot of Cubans to leave the island and go to America um, for a better life. My mom and my grandmother were the, one of those um, people that decided to do so. So fast forward to two years old, adopted, left them, name change. It's funny that you say my name is E-R-E-K-A. Now, however, the name change was, it was Erica. However, it was spelled E-R-I-C-A, the norm. And it was, my last name was Rodriguez. And then my middle name was Marilyn. And so I'm going to say this because it, 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 it's, it's like the original name was Erika Maralin Rodriguez, you know, the whole Latin type thing when you're saying. And so it changed. Buenos dias. Uh, yes, buenos dias. <laughs> and so, but growing up when I finally was adopted, my family was a good family, very good family. They were very strict. And in that whole strict aspect, there were things that I couldn't do as a normal kid. I couldn't go um, 
I wasn't able to go and hang out. This and now everything that I'm saying is from my perspective. Everybody has their own perspective about how their life goes and everything, but this is how I feel. Um, whether it's truth or anything like that, but I always like to say that because there are some things that happened to me as I was an adoptee um, that you wouldn't think would be happening to somebody who was taken out of a situation and placed into a different environment. Hence your statement that you made in the beginning of this podcast. So I was adopted and as an adolescent, I struggled to know who I was. I didn't know, you know, my identity uh, was very hard to grasp. Um, and it was a challenge. So I went over to different environments. I tried to find out who I was by hanging out with other kids who just probably was not the best one. Um, I did try drugs before, not the hardcore ones, but you know, the norm ones. Um, and then um, probably during adolescence, my adolescent years um, went through, I had three CPS cases called on me. Um, throughout my whole entire life. One being in the first grade, the second being in the fifth or sixth grade, and the third being when I was 17 or 18 years old. And so those cases were filed um, because of the things that were going on at home. Um, and then I moved out of my parents' home at 18. And I went to college and um, my family, I, there are no bad feelings with me and my family. I, today's my mom's birthday for Christ's sake. That's my mom, you know, that's my dad, that's my family. You know, it's just like any other family you have in life. You go through things in life and you, you adjust to them, you adapt. And if they really love you, then they'll, they're, you know, you, you apologize. And there were some things that I did as an adolescent and, teenager and adult that, you know, I could understand from a adult's perspective, it hurt, you know? And so there were a lot of different decisions that I made and they made, you know, that, that, and then that was made and it just created a lot of friction in my development as an adolescent. Um, and so, um, I just had to thrive, you know, I had to thrive. I had no other choice, but to figure out a way how to use those challenges as an adolescent or infant or young adult to be who I am today. Mind you, I could have stopped and said, hey, I'm nothing. I'm exactly what I've been called. Hey, I'm nothing exactly, you know, I'm exactly what is on paperwork. A, um, a drug baby, um, someone that mother who, whose mother left her with the neighbor um, for over 24 to 48 hours, you know, I am, yeah, but I decided not, I didn't, I didn't want that. And I don't want that. And that's why I keep on thriving. I really do love that word thriving, Simon. That's awesome. Um, but that really does resonate with me as a person. Um, and so when I talk to people in large crowds, you know, they're like, you don't look like what you've been through. And, and that is, Sometimes it's very discomforting because I have a hard time thinking if they mean that I'm not who I am. 
at that particular moment, whether I'm speaking or, you know, speaking in a big crowd or have my nice blazer on or have my hair done or my makeup on, um, you know, they'd say, you don't look like the things you've been through. You, you, you really don't. And, you know, I always appreciate that, but I also, it makes me very discomforting because I'm like, what am I supposed to look at, look like, you know, in, in, in all essence, what do you think? So what you're saying is that um, when people say that to you, mm-hmm. um, you, that makes you question, question yourself. Yes, that makes me question myself. That makes me question them more than it is myself. I start to worry about what they think of me as what, as compared to what is the truth. Okay. So, um, do you want me to take a, a shot at my, um, my thoughts on that? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So, um you have uh, defied defied um the cultural uh, the, the culturally held belief about people who have gone through what you've gone through yeah yeah so you they're expecting you to be a basket case right. okay and you're clearly not right okay so People say, you know, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. Yeah. And they yeah. mean, uh, this is a big theme. Uh, this is a big theme in, in my life because I believed that that was that emotional and character strength. Mm-hmm. I believed that that, 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 that is, is developed um, like developing muscles at a gym. Yeah. That's how I thought it was. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that what doesn't kill us makes us stronger because it unveils the strength that we always had, but we haven't yes. appreciated it. Yes, yes. So, and the metaphor that I always use for this is um, something that happened as a kid. You know, my, my dad decided to... Um, we had like a driveway at the front of the house and he mm-hmm. decided to have that um, covered in, in, in what we call tarmac and what you call blacktop. Okay. What you blacktop. And I remember seeing a flower force its way through that blacktop mm-hmm. tarmac the following spring, right? So you've got this big, heavy weight covering the you know, covering the ground, covering the soil. Mm -hmm. And somehow this little tiny little delicate flower has made it through and has the the life in that flower has not, uh, has has propelled the flower through the weight. And that's Mm -hmm. a metaphor for you. That's what you've done. Um, As in you, the, the spirit, the S, the life force, the life force right, within right, you, right, right, right. The life force within you is the same life force that's in that flower, and that that has poked you through um, 
that that has poked you through the the blacktop and that's why and, and you survived and the the people questioning you think that you should still be underground you should have been your, your life should have been um ended by the weight of the blacktop on on top of you um, and because that's what people think should happen to people who are adopted who go through trauma who go through abuse who are the you know what did you say that the daughters of um uh, of, of, of mums who were on you said who were on drugs yeah so, doctor. yeah yeah um so but it, people uh, what, what i see is that a lot of people think that that's to do with mindset you know this is the cultural narrative as well that it's it's mindset well no because the the flower doesn't have a mind that's true it's not the mind it wasn't your mindset that got you through that tough times those tough times it was your nature that is true because looking at it my family you know they came from cuba they had to start a whole new life over in america they had to be resilient, you know, enough to know, hey, this is not where I, this is where I come from, but this is not who I am, you know? And so absolutely, you know, it, 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 it's indeed agreed. So the, the resilience is innate. The, resi mm -hmm. the resilience is innate. The resilience is nature, not nurture. Mm -hmm. Because, the, you know, the, like the spirit... Eric sorry psychosocial development of eric erickson the nature versus nurture yeah i'm um you're way ahead of me on all that psychology stuff so. oh sorry <laughs> no, no that's that's a compliment that's a compliment oh thank you that's a compliment sorry <laughs> did that come across <laughs> okay sorry um so what what do you think um Uh, what do you think helps adoptees thrive? Hmm. I have to pause on that just because I truly believe that something that allows us to thrive me personally, the things that I've went through, the perseverance, the determination, support, encouragement from those we trust. Um, finding, you said something as far as having to use the strength that you never thought you had. And when you figure that out or find that out, you become able to thrive. Yeah. And so I would say what helps us thrive is our issues, our struggles. The fact that we know, hey, our parents couldn't handle the pressures or the responsibilities, or maybe they just wanted to have somebody adopt and 
you know, help someone else bless them, you know, to have a child that could not have a child that struggled with infertility, infertility, um, and not being able to make that connection with your maternal or paternal side of the family. Yeah. Knowing that we are different is something also that helps us strive. And yeah. Yeah. So um, what do you think gets in the way of us thriving? Us. Uh. Us. I, I, I explain. I, I explain some. Our more own mindset. We can also, we can be our, our worst enemies. We can be our worst critics. We can be our worst. Who's the we? All, mm, just adopt these. And when I'm saying we, I'm saying me. Um, Because you constantly go back and forth with, wait, should I do this? Should I not do this? What do I need to do in order to be able to really thrive in a new environment and not become the one that I came out of yeah the family you know so we are our worst critics that can keep us an open mindset and understanding you know there's it's a deeper now that I've kind of been able to define psychology um and study it you know, there's all kind of different dynamics and genetics that happen to us as infants and then transition over into adolescent, young adult, adult, and, okay. you know, therefore, you know, on and on. And so those particular things can kind of help us, can kind of prevent us moving forward. Did I answer your question? Um well, no. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, did you answer? Uh, well, you did. Um, I, I, uh, I, this, you know, we all say this, right? You know, we are our worst enemy. Okay, but how, you know, how how can we be this, you know, everything and and nothing at the same time? You know, how can we be this everything and also this? this thing that gets in the way of the everything. So for me, this is about uh, a, a very clear, a very clear distinction between who we truly are mm-hmm. and, um, and the voice in our heads. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I see us as the one that hears the voice in the head. Yeah. So it's basically The truth of who we are, yeah, and our conditioning. It's it's what uh, that French guy says. You know, we are um, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. So it's mm-hmm. it's the spiritual side of, of of who we truly are. The the fact that we're spirit, and then it's the human bit about you know the the conditioning and the rubbish that, that we pick up on that we pick right. pick up on. So. The, the, the mind is a, a meaning machine. 
So okay. it, it, it will, it's looking for reasons um, to explain stuff. Mm-hmm. I, and so we, like, I've, I've done a lot of consciousness kind of work with, with most of my consciousness work have been, have been with people who aren't adopted. And mm-hmm. they don't think that they're good enough either. Absolutely. And I'm glad you said that, Simon. There are so, it's not only adoptees. And, 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 and I, I'm more than adoptees. I think also what can hold us back is not thinking that we are more than adoptee or more than a foster care. We're human. This is just something that geared us into who we are. You know, we're human. We're people that come from different dynamics. We are able to, that are able to thrive. And yet we're still human. We have the same DNA as somebody else does that was not adoptee or, or foster foster care you know, foster child, you know, we are, you have families out there who weren't in foster care, but yet still did not grow up with their families, maybe because they deceased, they died and they had to live with family. You have people who, um, you know, there's all kinds, it's, it's, we're, let me say this. And when I was doing my master's program, this is something that really stayed with me and it will continue to stay with me for the rest of my life. One of my professors said to me when I was going into her office and there was a a research paper that I was working on and it was about my identity. And she said, she she was from Taiwan. And and I I believe I was getting a a um a review on it or you know, a draft or everything. And she said, Erica, I noticed. in foster care she says erica you are bigger than a box simon when i when i tell you i was like what oh my gosh that broke something in me because my whole life when people ask me erica who are you well i was adopted and i go back into that you know and I'm like, there is so much more to me, you know, without that title. And, and I think that's another thing. You know, we were talking about how that can be something that can hold us back. That's one thing. Not being able to know that we are more than adoptees, not being able to know that we're more than foster care. Okay, well, we're also business owners. Okay, well, we're also family members. Well, we're also a sibling. Well, we're also, you know, su- such and so, such and so, you know. Simon, that broke something inside of me. And so, yeah, speaking of all of the different things that people that you work with in that particular population um, and that are not in in the foster and adoption, um, yeah, it's just like you are bigger than a box. I almost got pissed (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I was like, what? What do you mean? You know, because most of my papers, it was like, adoption you know talking about my life and everything and I was using my papers to be my therapist and that is not right because um you've heard of confirmation bias right somewhat yeah so um confirmation bias is um is you know like What we focus on, we get. What we what we focus on, we get more of. 
the law of attraction, something yeah. like that. And that's like, so, you know, like, uh, you know, if I didn't, I didn't feel that I was, I, I didn't feel that I needed to heal until somebody told, told me that, I, or I read in a book that I was wounded. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't feel, I didn't feel wounded until yeah. I believed it. I'm quite susceptible. I, t- I take stuff in quite easily. I take stuff to heart, sensitive kind of soul. And I believe stuff as well because I was brought up very honest, right? So mm-hmm. I believe this. Uh, and um, so the, 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 the more that we think, um, the more the think, we think we've got a problem, the more wounded we feel, the more wounded we feel. It just, it just you know, uh, the more... Yeah the more we um, identify with the box. Right, right. Um, the bigger the box gets, the stronger the walls of the box uh, mm-hmm. become. Um, mm-hmm. And those are, and, and, and the harder we find to break out of that box. Right, right. Um, right. So I, I, one of my mentors said, what if thinking is the box. You know, people say, think outside the box, right? But he said, no, what if thinking is the box? It is. Our, our thinking, our, yep. uh, you know, the, our mind-making machine, the mind-making sh- machine you know, that says, you know, well, uh, I wasn't good enough because I was adopted, you know, and that and, and that snowball, the snowball of that, that belief snowballs. That's that's, mm-hmm. what, I, that's what it did, it did for me anyway. Um, right, right. I'm mixing a few different metaphors. But what happened is you had an insight and, uh, and that shocked your system, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you thought, you know, when that lady said, you're more than a box, what did she say? You're... She said, think outside the box. It's just like you said. Well, she, she said that you're more than a box. So she went to the heart of your identity. Absolutely. You and, are and bigger than a box. You're bigger than a box. Um, so here's the thing. If we go back to Maslow and stuff like that, right? Yes. You are infinite potential. Yeah. And Carl Rogers and all that sort of stuff, right? You are infinite yeah. potential. And so am I. Absolutely. Right? And as infinite potential, and so is everybody on this planet, right? Everybody yeah. is infinite potential. You can't put infinite potential in a box right and nope. you you can't say that um infinite potential and you are a product of your environment because you're not a product there's there's no there's there's no um edges to the, the, the infinite infinite means no edges so you mm-hmm. are infinite potential and so is everybody else mm-hmm. and we and and that is the kind of like the spiritual essence of our identity yeah, but we're having a human experience, and there's <laughs> there's lots of edges on human ex- uh, there's lots of edges on human potential. So yeah. um, at at fifty four, right, um, uh, I am unlikely. Although I swim every day, and I'll be swimming soon, I'm unlikely mm-hmm. to win a um, a world championship swimming, you know, a gold medal in the in the world Olympics. Because although I'm one of the fastest people in the pool, I still swim at half the speed of the Olympic champions, right? So, wow. so my, my 
the essence of who I am, the infinite mm-hmm. potential of, 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 of the spiritual side of me yeah. is completely different to the, um, uh, to the limited physical. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, Absolutely. But we think we get tied up with our bodies. So we think that we are our bodies. Well, no, we're not our bodies. I mean, it's scientific fact. We're not our bodies because everybody in our, every cell in our body is, um, is renewed every seven years yeah doesn't look like that yeah <laughs> but, that's but, it, but it but it is yeah it is true. so yeah. um what what do you make of all that we are bigger than these challenges that we have came and experienced in life came in and were brought in but we have to be able to grasp through those different challenges and really develop and thrive. You know, the, we have, we have to feel sorry for yourself, but don't stay there. Yeah. And not staying there takes more strength to stay there than it does to not. Yeah. It takes less, Why? it takes less, and less, less strength to not stay to stay somewhere as compared to stay there hope that makes sense it's six o'clock in the morning right now over here in america so i'm trying to be very deep yeah roll with me but i'm just saying all in a nutshell without being deep sometimes it takes less strength just to try your hardest as 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 it compares to not doing something you know just utilize that strength that you don't know that you have you know plain and simple see the strength see the strength see the strength and then believe it. it don't try and, and use it before you've seen it absolutely <laughs> i mean we can talk about this forever and we'll do it and we will we will do that again we're going to do another episode um, uh, uh, more to be continued. I want to leave you with the last thought because I've been talking about this the last couple of days. I found I heard something yesterday uh, which I thought was absolutely stupendous. And I shared it on the last podcast, right? It's called post traumatic growth. I think you're on to something. I was, I was waiting on you to say post traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. Post traumatic growth growth who knew that was a thing i have not made this up right i heard somebody mention it and and i googled it and it's a thing it but it's definitely a thing is that it's a thing but nobody's talking about it i think we talk about this is also something that i believe that why we tend to focus on the things that hurt us the most is because our feelings are attached to them. And anytime that we actually go through something in life and we aren't able to make it past it, then our feelings, our emotions, our responses, our subconscious belief system gets in the way, but then we remember how we feel as versus to what happened. Are we remember our feelings? Our feelings are associated more than our 
our feelings and emotions are associated with the things we go through in life as, as it relates to our memories. But that's why we focus on the heart of those, those things more because they hurt. But yeah. that's also being able to think outside the box, to not be in the box, you know? Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, Simon, uh, it was an Simon. honor. It is a pleasure. Stupendous. You are awesome. I hope you have a great swim. Thank you. And I am actually probably going to go to the gym. You just inspired me. I'm going to tie my hair up. It's straight right now. And I am looking forward to seeing you again. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You too. And, and that goes for all our listeners, right? Have a great day, listeners. And uh, we'll see you. We, we won't see you. Uh, we'll speak to you very soon. We'll Zoom you. We'll Zoom uh -huh. you. Okay. Zoom you Take later. Take care, everybody. Thanks, Erica. Stupendous. Uh -huh. Stupendous. Yes.